Hi, this is the Think Weirly podcast, and I'm your host, Darren Steele. Now, in my work as a transformational coach, I help thought leaders, change makers, and creatives become more skillful at making a measurable difference in the world. And on the show, I share insights and strategies to help you reduce contention, division, and inequity in the world. But I also help you to understand how you can unleash your uniqueness and optimize your potential to enjoy more acceptance, freedom, and peace of mind, and to live life with more clarity, direction, and joy. Now, on today's episode, I want to share with you a brand new personal evolution process. And it's about, or rather, it starts with a question. What can you control in your life to experience more love, happiness, and freedom? So I'm going to help you get clarity about what you can influence in your own life, not necessarily other people's lives, and why that matters, why that should hopefully be important to you. So let me tell you a story. Until I was in my very early 30s, maybe even closer to 35, I used to believe that I couldn't control my emotions, and in particular my anger. So I believed that when I got angry, that was caused by somebody else. So it wasn't my fault. Somebody else was to blame for how I felt and how I reacted. In other words, I kind of thought that the world was against me and I was a victim. I definitely had a lot of defenses up when I was much younger. And I suppose that has a lot to do with growing up gay, growing up in the closet and feeling like I wasn't accepted for who I was. But be that as it may. Let me give you a very specific example. It's not something I'm very proud of, but it really brings the point home. Right at the very end, the last couple of weeks of my second long-term relationship, my partner and I got into an argument, and I became so angry and so enraged that I completely lost my shit. And I took the nonstick frying pan that was in my hand, and I started smashing it against the stove, and I basically broke it. And I blamed him for my anger at that moment because I was over hungry. My blood sugar was crashing. I was in the middle of trying to make my dinner when he just suddenly launched into the kitchen and tried to start an argument with me. Well, after years of studying personal development and observing my thoughts and my word choices and how I represented what I was feeling, I realized that I was unconsciously giving away my power and my control. My worldview up until that time had been me against the world. So one of the lessons that I learned from that really awful argument, and admittedly it wasn't maybe until sometime later, was that I never wanted to lose my control like that to that extent. I never wanted to get that angry and that kind of scary out of control again. I wanted to learn how to be proactive in managing my thoughts and my emotions and and more aware of the things that triggered me or all the things that would lead up to my losing my cool so that I would know how to manage my stuff, my stuff, myself. Um, And just in July, August, I even ran a seminar about emotional recipes that just help you to see when you're starting to move into that yellow zone and when you go too far 
over the tipping point and then you're in the blow up zone, the red zone, and you can't go back. So we have to know the ingredients that add to the recipe that cook us going into the red zone. So we can always find more ways to have more self-control. And and while I cannot control, no one can control what other people say or do to you, you, I, can still choose how to respond, even if it seems very difficult or near impossible at the time to manage. So that's what this personal evolution practice is going to do to help you get clarity about what you can influence in your life. I'm going to speak more to what I mean when I say influence versus control, but let's just continue to work with the word control for now. So there's three steps to this process, and there's a couple questions in between. Now, step one is to define what you can and what you cannot control. So this one's the easiest part of the exercise. Just get a big sheet of paper, or if you want to use Microsoft Excel or Microsoft Word, just create a two columns. So put a line down the middle if you're doing this by hand. And at the very top, uh, left-hand side, right at the top, what can I control? And on, did I say right-hand side? So on the left-hand side at the top of the page, write down what can I control? And on the right-hand side at the top of the page, write down what can't I control? Okay, so what can I control on the left? What can't I control on the right? And in order to really keep this practice tightly focused, I want you to put your attention on the really big things in your life, the things that really matter. So don't put too much thought or attention into those day-to-day tasks that come up that really make little, if any, difference at all. But for example, for what you cannot control, you can't control when you're going to die. I know that might sound a little bit morbid, but it's a really perfect example for what to put under what I can't control. We absolutely cannot control when we're going to die. But let's dive a little deeper into this example on mortality for more clarity about how this exercise is going to work. There are many things you can choose to do that are going to improve your health and your well-being, and they may actually extend the quality of your life. They may extend the quantity of years that you have in your life. And most of us probably want to do what is best for our bodies and our minds. And, you know, no matter what you do, you could drop dead in a moment. You could get hit by a car. You could suffer some form of a horrible accident. We don't know when this final moment is going to come, but we can certainly optimize and improve the possibility for having a longer, healthier life. That's something as an example about what you can control, okay? You can control the choices that you make around how much physical exercise you're going to do and what kind. What kind of food are you going to eat? And how are you going to take care of your personal, emotional, and social needs and health? All of these things will contribute to a higher quality of life and happiness. And each of those choices is in your control, Death is not. (laughs) When it's going to happen, that isn't. So some of the things I've mentioned may just give you some ideas about what's important enough to add to your list that you can control, for example. Now, I would suggest trying to come up with five to ten items for each side of the list 
that make the biggest impact on your life. And, and these items are the ones that you can control or maybe that you can't control, that you believe you can't control, that make you feel or don't feel loved, happy, and free. So here's two questions you can ask yourself in this process to get these five to ten items on your list for each side. First question, what am I am what am I able to control that makes me feel loved, happy, or free? What am I able to control that makes me feel loved, happy, or free? Well, I'll just give you one example for myself. I can make sure that I keep in contact with the friends that I care about on a regular basis. So that might mean that I want to book regular times to see them virtually or in person. Um, with my partner now of 10 years, and by the way, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary on uh, September the 5th, I can make sure that I do things or we do things together that continue to enhance the quality of our relationship and how we enjoy spending time together. So write down your answers, the things that make the difference for how you feel loved, happy, and free. These are the important things in your life. Now, conversely, you can ask, what can't I control in my life that limits or restricts my experience of acceptance, peace of mind, and freedom? Okay, what can't I control? Now, remember my story. I used to believe that I could not control my emotions, but then through getting fed up with people thinking I was an asshole and being angry all the time, I sort of opened up to the realization that maybe I did have some control. At the beginning, I didn't have very much control because I was used to being very reactive, but I learned over time all the different things I could do to better manage my reactions so I could be more in my thinking brain and my prefrontal cortex and to be aware of what it was I was feeling. Okay, so that's step one. Once you've got your list, then we can dig deeper into refinement into step two. And I want you to work on refining what you can control. So take a look at that list. Everything that you've written under what can I control? You're going to ask yourself two questions for each one of those items. If you've got five to ten items, fantastic. So ask yourself, number one, how would I like to manage this item to enjoy more of its benefits in my life? How would I like to manage this item to enjoy more of its benefits in my life? So I gave you the example early, earlier of uh, spending time with my friends. So what could I do to enjoy more of the benefits of spending time with my friends? Maybe I want to think of different experiences. With the COVID-19 pandemic, I've only had one of my friends over for the very first time last Friday. I would like to actually have more friends over for dinner. That would really help me enjoy more of the benefits of spending time with my friends. It would give me more peace of mind. It would give me more enjoyment and more happiness. So the next question to ask yourself is, what can I do to share the benefits of this experience with others? What can I do to share the benefits of this experience with others? Well, I think I've kind of hit, I've, I've killed two birds with one stone, for lack of a better 
uh, expression because by bringing friends over for dinner, not only do I get to spend time with them and they get to spend time with me, but we all get to enjoy a meal. And then I get perhaps my ego fed a little bit if they like what I cooked, but it's a different space and it's a greater amount of comfort because it's at my home. There's so many benefits and I get to share that peace of mind and contentment with my friends. I get to share that humble welcoming of being a gracious host um, to make them feel appreciated and loved and connected with me, right? Final step, step three. Align with what you cannot control. And I'll give you the secret to this exercise. There's very little that we can't control, but it might mean that we just have a very little bit of influence over the item itself, okay? So take a look at everything you wrote down under what can't I control. And just a point before I forget, you will be able to review or print off Uh, this article so that you can follow along. If you've been writing down the questions, wonderful, do that. But you you will be able to see all of these questions written out in the article, and I'll provide the link um, underneath uh, the, the notes for this video and for this podcast. So review everything you wrote under what can't I control. For each one of the items on the list, you're going to answer a series of questions. And the first question is this. What about this item makes it absolutely impossible for me to control? With death, it's you have no control. It's nature. It's the natural order of things. We have not come up with a way of predicting when our death will happen, be it of natural causes such that we can change our genetics. It's not possible. It's science fiction at the moment, okay? If you use my example of not being able to control my emotions, it's like, well, if I start trying to give myself reasons, I'll talk myself out of it. Which leads into question two. If I decide that the item is absolutely impossible to control, ask myself, what would it mean if I'm wrong? So if I tell myself, I can't control my emotions, when people say things that I don't like and it really upsets me, or if somebody shames me for um, doing whatever, I'm going to respond, I'm going to be negative, I'm going to feel depressed. Well, what if I was wrong about that belief that I couldn't control my emotions? Huh. What would it mean if I'm wrong? It would mean that I'm kind of like a dog. That if I yell at a dog, the dog's going to be hum, hum, hum. It, it does like a, a, sh- a shameful posture, head down, whimpering, its body goes inward, its tail goes between its leg. I may have a mammalian brain and animal-like needs of acceptance and connection and care and a reptilian brain that helps protect me from, from, you know, uh, helps keep me safe and alive by fighting, fleeing, or freezing in the appropriate situation. But I know I can control some aspects of my behavior and my emotions. The third question is, so if you realize that it's actually possible to have a small amount of control 
ask yourself this. What can I do and what can I think to have a small amount of control or influence over this item? What can I do or what can I think to have a small amount of control or influence over this item? So in the case of me getting angry, there are a number of different steps I could have taken. You know, um, I don't even think I really need to go into them. In in the case of just getting a little bit angry, let's say, not, not going into extreme anger, you could start to notice the things that are making you upset. Maybe you need to go for a walk. Maybe you need to tell the person you are feeling upset and you want to give a little bit of distance so that you can have a calm and respectful and dignified conversation with that person so that you don't say something that might hurt them as an example. So if you were able to answer that last question, you would end this practice with a final question. And you would ask, how does having some control or over this item affect my feelings of love, happiness, and freedom? How does having some control over this item affect my feelings of love, happiness, and freedom? Well, if I know that I could catch myself starting to become angry or feeling like I'm moving into the yellow zone and that if I don't do something, that I would go into the red zone. Well, if I went into the red zone, I know that I would feel ashamed and horrible and I might have to apologize the next day because probably I would be out of line and I would say something horrible. But knowing that I have some control over this, that maybe I could walk away, that maybe I could tell a person I need to take a break, that would make me feel like I could maintain this relationship, the love that I have for myself, the self-love, the love that I would have that person, the love that I received from that person. It would make me eventually feel happier that I didn't go into argument. And it would certainly make me feel free from shame or guilt. Okay. So I want to conclude with a brief discussion about a subtle distinction between control and influence. And essentially, control is an illusion. There is no such thing. It's the belief that we can control something, but we can't. The minute we think we have control, it can be taken away. So in essence, there is really nothing that we can hold on to with the absolute certainty that it will never change. That's not the nature of nature. That's not the nature of the universe. That's not the nature of the natural order of things. Like you can hold on to a rock and believe that it's the perfect example of permanence until you ah, drop it and the rock breaks into several pieces. Well, it's still a rock, but now it's several pieces of rock. If you liked the shape of the rock, and that's why you picked it up, but you've dropped it, now you've changed its form. It is no longer what it once was. So we might believe that we have control of our feelings until we are triggered and we explode in an out-of-control rage, or we run away in fear. And when we look back at situations in which we thought we had no control at the time, we might see things differently in retrospect. You might think to yourself, had I known how to better manage my emotions, I might have been more aware of my triggers. 
and, and backed off from arguing to avoid losing my temper. And, well, that is precisely what I observed in myself way back when in the story of the relationship of smashing the frying pan with my partner. So at best, at the very best, we can influence some events. And that's usually under the control of what it is we are doing around that event. And whether that be observed as influencing someone else's ideas or influencing our own choices and our actions, you know, seen in this way, we can only improve our prediction and response to the environment to the environment around us and in relation to the infinite possibilities of life with the preparation of greater self-awareness the more self-mastery that we have the more personal responsibility the more self-awareness we have the more sense of control we will have which again is an illusion but it's a contentment it's a being at peace with things and If you've ever felt deeply at peace, deeply contented, in that moment, have you felt like you needed control? No, because it's not an issue. Usually when we're seeking control, it's because we are not in control of ourselves. We are frazzled. We are in reaction. We are not in a state of contentment. So whether or not you agree with my control versus influence distinction doesn't really matter. It's what I do think matters. What I do believe is important is that the conscious actions you take to increase your experience of love and happiness and freedom, that's what really matters. And those choices to increase your experiences of of, of love and happiness and freedom go a long way to reducing discomfort and discord and division and dissatisfaction in your life. And it will have a positive influence on others. Thank you so much for listening or for watching. If you're watching the video in the article, I have a number of links to a few more articles and personal evolution processes that I've written that speak to control or aspects of things in life, for example, overwhelm, that when we better manage them and understand them and understand ourselves in relation to them, will give us that sense of control, ultimately that sense of contentment, peace of mind, and personal freedom. So I would invite you to go take a look. If you're listening on the Think Queerly podcast, please give me a five-star rating on iTunes. If you have a question, just reach out to me. Let me know what's troubling you. What's your block? What's How are you stumbling, perhaps, with an aspect of control in your life? And we'll have a conversation. Until next time, I'm Darren Steele.